Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be diving into Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age. Diving into, like, an Etruscan demon into an orgy. Well, okay then. An Etruscan (laughs) demon into an orgy. All right. I'm down with that. I'm always down with orgies. Uh, So, uh, what's up, James? How's your week been? Uh, Not too bad. How about yours? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, a little late this morning uh, getting a cat off the roof. Um, Other than that, pretty uneventful. Always a good time with uh, the felines. Yes, yeah, you never know what they're going to do, and it's usually stupid. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, never a dull moment, that's for sure. It, that's yeah, that's accurate. That is accurate. So, do we have any uh, news or notes or emails or corrections from uh, last week? Uh, we do have uh, a small correction. To okay. Make. Okay. Uh, two episodes ago, mm-hmm. which would have been season two, episode six, Halloween, mm-hmm. we incorrectly, incorrectly stated that that episode set a tradition of special Halloween episodes mm-hmm. in each of the following seasons, mm-hmm. and that was unequivocally incorrect. An out-and-out lie. There are actually only two Halloween episodes after season two's Halloween and they are season four, episode four, Fear Itself, mm-hmm. and season six, episode six, All the Way. Okay. Well, it just seems like there it was a tradition. It did seem like it, but, but alas, we're, fi- we're it was filthy not. liars. <laughs> so, well, that's you all. know, you live that's and learn. All. You do. You we'll, live, you learn. We'll try to quit live lying love. to the audience. Right, right. Live, love, laugh. Live, love, laugh. Yeah, if I see another one of those signs, I think I'm going to throw myself off a tall building. Uh, Beautiful. uh, Do you want to just... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, since there's no emails or uh, comments uh, this week, I'm going to jump right into these beautiful dates and deets, unless you have anything. Oh, no, I love delicious dates and deets. Mmm, yummy. Uh, As previously stated, we are revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 8, the 20th episode of the series overall, The Dark Age. This week's episode is directed by Bruce Seth Green, and our credited writers are Dean Batali and Rob Des Hotel. Our original air date was November 10th, 1997 on the now-defunct WB Network. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brennan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. Our guest stars this week include Robia Lamort as Jenny Callender, Robin Sachs as Ethan Rain, Stuart McLean as Philip Henry, Wendy Way as Deidre Page, and Carlise Burke as Detective Winslow. Our episode synopsis reads, Buffy and Angel race to save Miss Callender's soul from a demon, and Giles is jeopardized by the discovery of a murder victim. Which is probably one of the least accurate synopsis. I was going to say, that is extremely inaccurate. I mean, 
it's not a hundred. It's not exactly it's wrong, not, but it's certainly right. not exactly right. Right. I if given that episode synopsis. Yeah, I would be expecting would a be completely ex- different episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because what m- does our <laughs> Our, our IMDb say, description, uh, as uh, normal, uh, throws everything right out there, and it says, Giles' past comes back to haunt him as a demon he and Ethan Rain summoned in their wild youth seeks them out in Sunnydale. Which is ex- yeah. way more accurate than uh, whatever the fuck you read. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, like we said, I... If I read that synopsis, I would have been expecting something completely different. Yeah, that that sounds like a different episode. <laughs> um, also, like, from now on, can we call Anthony Head? Can we just call him Ash? Um, I suppose we could. I mean, that's his initials, so I figure it is. So yeah. I figure, hey, I mean, it is. We'll just put um, a, we'll just put a chainsaw on the end of one of his hands, and he's Ash. <laughs> The crossover event of the century. <laughs> Giles meets demons. Which he's very familiar with. He is very familiar with. Uh, as we'll discover even more so than uh, as a watcher uh, over the course of this episode. Right. And uh, just a little heads up to the audience and maybe even to you. Um, if you see me looking around a lot and looking like I'm lost... Uh, I have a little uh, baby kitten. Her name is Lucy, and I'm kind of watching her uh, just kind of uh, meander about my room and occasionally uh, scream at me. Is this is this a new baby kitten than the one you previously showed me? No, this is Who, the same one. So we've gone with we we decided. Did we discover that the cat was a girl, and that's why we went with Lucy instead of Ricky? We did. We certainly okay. did. Uh, I had okay. my I had my suspicions, so I did a uh, close inspection and discovered Ricky was in fact a Lucy. So gotcha, um, gotcha. Lucy is now meandering about the room, and so you'll probably see me looking around a lot, uh, trying to find out, make sure she's not burning my uh, house down. So. <laughs> As is a a all too common threat. Yes, dogs. yes. Cats are known are known pyros. So yes, arsonists. Yep. Um, it's it's terrible. Occasional the murderers. The news the news refuses to cover it. Oh, the mainstream media just won't talk about it, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody shoot me. All right, let's jump right into our cold open here where we open at Sunnydale High at night and we see a man with a suit uh, in a suit and a, holding a briefcase uh, walking past the school uh, quite determined and uh, he stops and looks around and um, he uh, a door uh, behind him opens and he he looks to see and it's a custodian coming out to empty the trash and at like 10 o'clock at night at a school and uh the gentleman in the suit uh says he needs to see rupert giles and the custodian tells him that giles is the librarian and that's the next building over first door on the left so which what he should have said was uh, Giles is our librarian. Why the fuck would he be here at ten o'clock at night? Get the fuck off school property, you creepy fuck. 
maybe it's not 10 o'clock at night. Maybe it's so we know it's post it's post Halloween. Okay, so maybe it's only like seven at night. Exactly. We okay. know the sun sets earlier okay. in the fall. Okay. So even in California? Uh, I don't know. Fuck California. <laughs> fuck California. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Actually, no. Don't fuck California because, uh, all things considered, what I can tell right now, they're probably one of the. Uh, one of the best states in our current union. One of the few states <laughs> keeping us afloat from utter fascism. Right, yeah. right. So praise be California. Praise if be. If it wasn't, if it wasn't so expensive to live there, I may consider moving. Yeah, I've uh, discussed that many times with uh, my roommate, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> if I get rich, just so you know. <laughs> um. So anyway, this dude in the suit. Uh, rushes off and uh, um, he ends up outside the library door and he stops because he hears something behind him and uh, turns around and we hear kind of like a low moan but we don't see anything and um, he's looking around and uh, uh, turns back around again and we see a figure in the shadows and he's, he's tweaking out now. Like he's, he's scared. He's definitely on meth. (laughs) And this figure walks out of the shadows and we see it's a woman and she's clearly been dead a little while. Like her flesh is rotting and her, uh, her eyes flash yellow very briefly. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says Deidre, and she says Philip. So this is this is our Deidre and Philip. Um, and Philip uh, kind of quickly backs up and stumbles over a curb and drops his briefcase and scrambles back up and runs over to the library door and he starts pounding on it, and yelling for somebody to please help him as as Deidre closes in on him and we cut inside and we see that Buffy is doing some calisthenics to an upbeat techno sound and Giles is sitting at a table in front of her and he's got his head down and his hands over his ears and and uh, you can see he's not very thrilled <laughs> with what's happening. Yeah. And uh and he uh he ends up asking if they have to listen to this noise while she's working out. And uh um she says it's not noise, it's music and Giles says he no, it's noise. He knows music and music has notes. And Buffy says she's aerobicizing and she must have a beat. She's like, okay, boomer. <laughs> and Giles mutters to himself, uh, wonderful, you work on your muscle tone while my brain dribbles out of my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Um, so we cut back outside and Philip's still banging on the door, screaming for help and... Um, Deidre's still 
closing in on him and she finally reaches him and he turns around and faces her and um uh, she uh, starts to choke him and we come back inside and Buffy's done with her aerobics and she walks over to the table and turns the boom box off much to Giles's relief and we come back outside as Philip falls to the ground dead and almost immediately after Deidre also collapses next to him and turns into a puddle of slime that spreads out and kind of engulfs Philip as well. And that is our cold open. That is our cold open. And I already have a problem with this episode. Uh Oh yeah. I didn't even make it through the first fucking scene. I didn't even make it to the fucking opening credits. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, uh, here we go. Not, you know, spoiler alert here a little bit for a little further in the episode. As we come to find out, both Philip and Deidre are old chums of Giles from jolly old England. Mm-hmm. So Philip has come here to, I won't give anything away, but to, to find Giles. <laughs> Deidre, the dead corpse uh, thing, has followed Philip here. Yes. Apparently yes. on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like to know how did dead people fly, and was no one would like, hmm, you look a little sickly today, honey. Um, maybe put a mask on. Hmm. So here is my counter to your issue. Mm-hmm. We do not know that. Philip and Deidre were still back in jolly old England. At we ki- we kind of do death. from the phone call that Giles makes a little later. No, no. All we know from the phone call that Giles makes later is that Giles is most likely calling the most recent number he knows for Deidre. And he hasn't seen Deidre in 20 years. But I still say, how the fuck did this bitch travel to California, Sunnydale, California? Because what's the likelihood she lived in Sunnydale, California? Well, maybe she didn't live in Sunnydale, California, but she could have lived in another part of California. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I think it's a little fucking stupid that they didn't. And I don't think any of them even considered this upon writing or shooting it, and then they were pro- they would probably, if you brought it up to the writers now, they'd probably say, yeah, uh, let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the idea that neither Philip nor Deidre were still located back in jolly old England uh, upon Deidre's demise. Now, the issue of where else they, where in the United States they may have been, that that I don't have an answer for. Yeah, so I don't know. I just found it a little oopsie poopsie. They should have thought that through a little bit. But anyway, we come back from what would have been our commercial first commercial break in our credits to um, a bunch of Ooh. weird. Oh, Ooh. yes. You know, let's let's surmise 
for 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 the sake of continuity and issue, let's surmise that. Okay, spoiler alert: this demon had already presented itself as coming for this group of individuals mm-hmm. prior to Deidre's death. So Deidre and Philip were already in the process of tracking down the remaining members. Spoiler alert, they turn out to be Ethan and, and Rupert. And that's why they were in in the U.S., possibly even in California at the time of Deidre's death. Okay, I can buy that. But still, I don't I don't think we as viewers should have to go to that much um you know <laughs> thought for for something like right. this, you know, I think it was we just shouldn't, we shouldn't be writing the backstory ourselves. Right. I just I feel like it could have been done a little better, but uh be that as yeah. it may. I, it, I don't I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I do not disagree with you. But I'm I'm filling in the gaps. And before before you jump into the main uh, our first scene in the main uh, episode here, you brought up uh, if the writers were to be asked about this today, uh-huh. and that reminded me of something I did want to uh, mention briefly. Um, so, as you may be aware, and as some of the listeners may be aware, there has been a uh, uptick in the last year or so of uh, people involved with tv shows creatively either behind the scenes or in front of the camera um starting to do their own rewatch podcasts yes Mm -hmm. there's a there's a supernatural one Mm -hmm. um with um richard spiked and uh rob benedict is that it yeah um there is a boy meets world one hosted by um will friedel danielle fischel and Ryder Strong, mm-hmm. and recently um, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling jumped onto it with, or I'm sorry, Smallville, um, with, right with Talkville, a Smallville rewatch uh, podcast. And someone asked me the other day, "What what are you guys go- going to do if people involved with Buffy start their own podcast?" And my immediate answer was, "Shut it down." Shut it the fuck down. <laughs> Cease and desist. No, no, our podcast. Our podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If ours if 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 SMG and what it now if it's like he who must not be fucking named, fuck him. Right. I will right. I will make it my life's goal to make sure to make sure we it'll never happen because he's got name power, but <laughs> Right. Also, I don't think he ever would because one, uh, I think there's just too much uh, um, bullshit surrounding him. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, he's destroyed his his own career. So. Right. Right. Yeah. But if anyone else involved with the show, behind the scenes, creatively, or in front of the camera, were to get in, were to to jump on the podcast rewatch bandwagon, no, mm-hmm. we're. Yep, we're done. We'll have to find a new. I mean, I don't want to quit podcasting, but we'll have to find a new. Uh, uh, we'll have to find something new, <laughs> because you. Um, I mean, how are we going to compete? Let's say it's, you know, um, Charisma Carpenter and and SMG or something. You know, we we'd be right, pretty much right. fucked. Or even or even you know like um, 
even if you go behind the scenes, if it was like Marty Knoxon and and you know David Greenwald or or whatever, like no, I'm not. No, no. I don't know. I think we I, can compete with those two. I don't think they have a very good name recognition amongst the fan base. They do. I, I guess. I guess. So, but still, fuck them. I'm I'm more willing to compete with other nobodies that are currently doing Buffy podcasts. Yeah. Than, than I am with people that were actually involved with the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if that happens <laughs> and we have to pick something new, we're going to go like really fucking just we're going to really scrape the bottom of the barrel and find something that maybe no one's alive for anymore that can come along and <laughs> we'll do we'll do we'll do uh Father Snow Father knows back. <laughs> I was going to say the Donna Reed show. <laughs> the Donna Reed show. Everybody's dead, so goddamn it, leave us alone. They're cousins. Yes, they're cousins. They walk alike, they talk alike, sometimes they even look... Anyway. What a crazy pair, I think, is the next one. What a crazy pair. Okay. Okay. Uh, That that small little thing I wanted to say just completely went off the rails. We apologize. All right, Jeremy, jump us into our first scene. We're only 21 minutes into the uh, podcast. It's fine. Uh, so we come back and we see there's these weird, uh, grainy images like flashes. It, it's like someone's dreaming or something. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and we see like one of the images we see is like in this dark room with candles. There's like a group of people putting t- like tattooing symbols onto their arms. And then they seem to be like casting a spell and then you hear one of them, one guy say, "It's time to go to sleep," and we see a demon's face with these with these glowing um, yellow eyes, like we saw earlier. Um, kind of, you know, looking right at the screen, the camera, and then, boom! Giles jerks awake, and he's obviously in, at home. This is the first time we've actually seen Mister Giles home. It is. It um, is. I did take note that he's sleeping in a. Twin size bed, so he's eleven, um, and he, but he, he jerks awake and he's all like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" You know, he's obviously quite disheveled and uh, thrown off by this. Um, then the next scene, we cut to uh, uh, school. Um, it appears to be the morning of school, and uh, Buffy and Willow are chilling outside talking and. Um, they're bas- they're playing a game of anywhere but here basically um like and i didn't i didn't um copy down their exact dialogue but basically she's going to be somewhere laying on a beach on a towel and gavin rosdale is massaging her feet and then willow's going to be in a small cafe in italy eating ziti uh sat with um uh who was it uh um shit do you remember who it was which uh um, john cusack yeah john cusack yeah and that's when xander walks up and he's like oh what are you doing and they tell which, him and i i just want to throw like <laughs> the show really dates itself with these things mm-hmm. t- teenage celebrity choices here right <laughs> and uh also <clears throat> i'm i'm sorry real quick what is uh, the uh, what is the 
female um, obsession with having their feet rubbed? I don't know, because I can't stand to have my feet touched by man or right. beast. <laughs> right. So I'm going to put this out there, and I apologize uh, in advance. Feet are disgusting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? I don't care how how often you you shower or bathe or or how cute you think your feet are, how well pedicured. Feet are disgusting. Yeah, I don't okay? care what you do to them. That's just basically trying uh, uh, polishing a turd, you know. Yeah. It's it's feet, feet are disgusting. Yes. Please stop asking us to rub them for yes, you. Yes, I'm 100% with you on this. No question, it's gross. Yes. So, uh Xander comes up, what are you guys doing? And they're like, "Oh, just playing a game of anywhere but here." And he immediately says some girl's name from school there at the water slide park. And Willow's like, you always say that. And he's like, well, you know, I'm an idiot, basically. So, uh, uh, they start talking uh, about... Actually, uh, actually Amy, Amy Yip isn't some girl from Sunnydale High School. She was a, a Hong Kong actress in the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thanks, James. Um, what? Big, big... Uh, Big sex symbol over there. Okay. So. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So they start talking about Giles and wonder what he was like in his his youth. And they all just kind of poke fun at the fact that they're like, yeah, he was never young, you know. And he's, she said, <laughs> Buffy says, you know, he's so uptight. Even his diapers were tweed. And, uh, you know. He's a book nerd and a school nerd and blah, 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 blah. Um, <clears throat> and they see him walk by and Buffy calls out to him. And uh, he's tip as as normal. He is wearing a tweed uh, jacket. And uh, he basically informs them that uh, there's going to be a blood, bu- blood bank delivery to the hospital that night. So they need to, you know, be there and uh, yada, yada. And. Buffy's like, yeah, it's like a vampire meal on wheels. And uh, so Buffy and Giles make the time to to meet there. Was I think it was 9 p.m. to meet there? Uh, something like that. Yeah. 8, 8.30, 8.39. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. That's what time they're going to meet there to just keep an eye and make sure nobody, no vamps come to uh, fuck with the uh, blood delivery. And, uh, you know, Giles says he'll bring the weapons and... You know, reminds Buffy, now don't be late, because you know how she's late, and yada yada all the time. And Just then, Ginny walks up, and uh, Giles is being his usual awkward self, and um, she mentions that that uh, they're going to be at school the next day, uh, helping kids in the computer class who have fallen behind, and Willow has volunteered to um, help her do this for extra credit and um, come to find out like Xander makes fun of it and he's like ah you know must suck having to be at school on a Saturday and and then Miss Calendar says you know, is 8am good for you Xander I think she says 8am and he's like what so he's <laughs> one of the kids who has to come in because he's fallen behind in computer class and uh 
Also, Cordelia. Uh, he, she also mentions Cordelia is going to be there, and he's like, oh, great, you know, school on a Saturday with Cordelia. You know, how about some rectal surgery to make a perfect uh, day? And uh, Jenny asks Giles to walk her to class, and the two head off. And uh, they all, Buffy and Xander and Willow kind of talk about how they make a cute couple. And um, then they're like, could you imagine if they actually get together? And they're all, they're like, eh. And then they look at each other like, oh, fucking gross. And they all walk away. Where do we go from there, James? Uh, to my hurt feelings, because keep in mind, Jenny and Giles aren't much old, aren't much younger than I currently am. Yeah, they are. they're actually a little so, younger. So the so the idea that that this, this group is disgusted by adults, you know, making out hurts my feelings. Yes, yes. Anyway, uh. We go to outside uh, um, Jenny Jenny's computer class. Jenny, well, we're kind of we're kind of walking there, but we end up outside there. And Jenny and Giles are talking, and she's thanking him for letting her borrow a a book, and um, he's glad she enjoyed it. And he mentions that it was it was his father's, and you know, he's probably read it 20 times and she starts talking about how, you know, you have to dog ear your favorite pages so you can go back and um, how she had to practically fold back every single page. And finally, she just started underlining the, uh, her favorite parts and then she spilled coffee all over it. And now she can't even read it. And Giles is just like, He's dumbfounded. He's, I, I would dare say he's, he's holding back a small amount of explosive rage. <laughs> he may and have even just, threw up in his mouth. He just, he just mutters, it's a first edition. And Jenny tells him she's lying. The book's fine. She said she just likes to see him squirm. And, uh, he says he trusts he gave good squirm. Jenny asks if anyone ever tells him he was a fuddy-duddy, and he says, you know, it's pretty much the only thing anyone ever tells me, and she asks if anyone ever told him he was kind of a sexy fuddy-duddy. He says, no, that usually gets left out. And uh, Jenny um, uh makes a comment about this weekend and he asks if she'd like to go out and she says, no, I think I'd like to stay in. And, uh, they get ready to kiss and the bell rings and they stop as all the students start pouring in and they set a date for Saturday night. And Jenny says to Giles that she'll see if she can make him squirm. Ooh. And, and uh, Giles heads back to the library. And once he gets there, we see a detective with two police standing there. And uh, the detective asks him if he's Rupert Giles. And he says yes. And 
He says she no, and he immediately her. leaves. He's like, he's like, uh, nope, I'm Principal Snyder, and he walks off. Yep, and he leaves the school, tosses a match as he leaves, burns that bitch to the ground. Right, and uh, we never see Giles again. Or any of the, the children. Episode. They've all been killed. Right, uh, it's the end of the series. Yep. Thank you so, for joining uh, us. So uh, let's rate this bitch, Jimmy. <laughs> so what did you think, not just of this episode, but the entire one and a half series run of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Right. <laughs> um, she introduces herself as Detective Winslow and says that she's going to have to come with him. And he, of course, wants to know why. And, and the first thing I'm saying is, fuck you. I'm not going anywhere with no fucking cop unless you have a goddamn warrant or I'm under arrest. Right. Like, I hate these shows when the cop will just be like, you're going to need to come with me. And they're like, okay. You know, I hate that. I'm like, I'd be like, no, that's not happening. And uh, she tells him that there was a murder on campus and there was no identity identification on the victim except a slip of paper with Giles's name and address on it. And at that point, Cordelia walks in and she's lamenting about how much it sucks that she has to come to school on a Saturday. And not only that, but she has to get a, a book to, to read about computers. And she's like, there's books on computers isn't the point of computers to replace books when Giles cuts her off and tells her he's busy right now. And Cordelia steps up to detective Winslow and asks if she can help with a ticket she got. She's like, it's totally bogus. I, it was a one way street and I was going one way. <laughs> and, uh, Giles, uh, like, he uh, he kind of raises his voice like it's it's very he reprimands Cordelia like there's some gravitas to when he he yells her name or says her name and uh, um, Cordelia Cordelia wants to know why everyone's always yelling her name you know, she says she's not deaf and she can take a hint. But then she kind of sheepishly asks, what's the hint? And Giles tells her to come back later. And uh, she leaves and Giles asks the detective where they want him to go. And we cut to the board. Which I just, I can't leave this alone. I hate scenes like this in shows. Because everybody's always like, okay, Mr. Police Officer, let's do whatever you want. Fuck that. I'd say, am I under arrest? Am I being detained? Okay, no, no. Okay, go fuck yourself. You know. We we all know that the best way to avoid uh, altercations with the police is just to comply. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no, that's yeah. never going to happen. Um, because. What? That's and then, what they always tell us. I know. And then she's like, and then at one point where she's like, well, you know, there was a murder on campus, and and we found this slip of paper in his pocket with your name and whatever. On, I'd be like, I, not my problem. Go fuck yourself. You know, I don't know. I just, I, I hate, I hate when they're just like, okay, where would you like me to go? Would you like me to report to prison tomorrow? You know, fuck this. I'm saying, go do your own police work. Fuck you. I don't have to help you do shit. 
Um, also, fuck you and get out of my fucking library. I, but, sorry. But you're also extremely contrary by nature. Yeah, but especially with, like, expected obedience by people with a badge who think, oh, I have a badge, therefore I have extra rights and I can, I can just impede on yours. And I'm like, no, you can go fuck yourself with a cactus, but no. Anyway, go ahead. I'm done railing. So we're we're at the morgue, and the coroner opens one of the body storage doors and pulls the body out and um, pulls back the sheet, and it's our boy Philip, and he's all bruised, and Giles looks at him, and he Yeah, he's, like, covered in bruises, like, from head to fucking toe. But in the scene where we see him, get, he just gets choked and then dies. But now he Whoa. is, like, covered like he had been beaten half to death by Captain Caveman in his fucking in his log bat. Um, I was going to say maybe he had a previous encounter with Deidre before she caught up with him at the school. But he seemed pretty surprised to see the dead Deidre, so that's yeah. probably not accurate. And we didn't see all these bruises all over, like, his face and neck and stuff, like, previous. It's just, but now, man, he has been beaten to death with a stick, is what it looks like. Uh, uh, so Detective Winslow asks if Giles knew him and says he did, and he was, it tells her his name's Philip Henry. and Again, he why is he just... I'll just cooperating and just telling them shit. Oh, it drives me crazy. Because we have to have a plot. I know, but I mean, has this has Rupert Giles never spoken to a lawyer in his life ever? Has does he have no lawyer friends who've ever told him don't ever talk to the police ever about anything ever? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you know? Because he goes on to, to um, I wouldn't say incriminate himself, but he goes on to boldface lie to her about the tattoo. And it's like, just shut the fuck up. But, sorry, I, I digress, I digress, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, so here's the thing. So, this dude had Giles' name and address. Huh? Right. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so even... So and you're one hundred percent correct. Even with that knowledge, Giles could have easily been like, "Sorry, I'm not going anywhere with you." Yeah, anybody could have be walking around with a piece of paper with my name and address right. written on it. Okay, so then the police investigate, and presumably they find out that Giles knew this guy twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and now they come back to question Giles anyway. But then all and then all he has to say is, "Fuck you! I'm not answering any of your questions." Ever in any circumstances will I ever speak to you in any capacity? I'm I'm just saying. I hate that people don't know their fucking rights in this country. Well, for what? So okay, hold on. For one, you, you know this isn't a documentary, right? It's just a <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> asshole! <laughs> it just drives me crazy in these in all these shows where they're like this, and I'm like, why? I, I get that, but also it's part of this. Like, 
the he was also just murdered by a dead woman who turned into a blob of jelly. Right, and that's that's kind of my that's kind of my biggest. That's kind of like why I'm saying like, okay, Giles is a watcher in this secret society. Okay, who who watches over the the, the Slayer, and they do battle with demons and vampires and all this crazy shit. He needs to shut his fucking mouth and do whatever he has to do to get the police the fuck out of this because he knows, he immediately knows what this death means, what it's related to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But for some reason, he just keeps feeding the police. I I don't know. Instead of being like, fuck you, I'm never speaking to you ever, 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 fuck you, close the door, you know. Then let them okay. go off and do their own thing, but keep, you know, he's keeping them at arm's length, you know. Uh, right, but two things. So, yeah. one, this is, like, this idea that people are always cooperative with the police in TV shows, like, to me, that's just part of the general suspension of disbelief. Okay. Okay, because without that, you're not driving the plot along. I, I, I understand, I understand. At any because so let's let's take it from your perspective. This detective shows up and and she's like, someone was murdered on campus last night. He had your name and address on him. We need you to come down to the morgue to try and identify the body. Giles says, no, fuck you. Peace out. Where do where do we go? From <laughs> no, I get it. I get I get why it exists for, you know, for the plot for the plot device. I get it. But I'm saying it should have been written completely different because Giles' number one concern should have been, okay, I got to get these fucking police. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna know. address that now to the second point to your point about keeping the police at an arm's length. What do you think is going to bring the police on him harder? Cooperating, going to the morgue to see if he knows who this body is. And giving them some answers. Well, if he know, shuts like them the fuck name, down immediately, or or if he right away says says sorry, fuck you, I don't know anything about it, the police are going to start investigating him a lot harder. If that incriminates him even more. But what's to investigate? You know what I'm saying? He he keeps he keeps a perfectly clean. He's he's this nerdy library librarian that wears tweed and. You know, they're not going to... Fu- My thing is, shut them the fuck down immediately to where they say, okay, this fucker's not going to talk to us. He's not going to cooperate. We're on our own. You know, whatever. He, I'm just saying, because when they're in the morgue, okay, and she's questioning questioning him, you know, like, do you know this man? Am I getting ahead of where you are in the... No. Okay. No. Do you know this man? And he, you know, no... And um, then the tattoo, you know, do you, does that mean anything to you? And he's like, she doesn't believe anything he's saying. Like, she knows he's lying. So now he's really fucked because she looks at him like, really? You don't know what, you know? And, it, and it's like, well, now she's really peaking, or he's really peaking her interest now. Whereas if he'd have just shut her the fuck down from the get-go and said, you know, Sorry, I don't cooperate with police under any circumstances. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems crazy that here he is, this member of this secret society, and 
he's just like, okay, well, let's let's go officer friendly. Let me help you get involved in this, you know. Well, like I said, I I think, in my opinion, my take on it is that he figures cooperating to the extent that he can without giving anything up is going to keep them more at bay than if he just refuses to cooperate. Possibly. but and then And then that brings up my other problem with this is that they've never written the, I mean, not really, they've never written the police into a storyline like this so prominently like why why involve sunnydale well, pd right. in this you know it should it, right. he died on campus you know i don't know it just it's just not a good plot device it's just not there were so many other ways they could have done this you know giles himself could have walked out that that side door that evening and been like oh fuck me there's my buddy uh fucking uh what was his name philip um, right. who is, who is dead. Like, you know, I better, I got to hide this fucking body. Let me call my watcher buddies, you know? Right. I don't know. Um, so yeah. So, uh, she asks if he knows him. She says, yes, his name's Philip Henry. He was a friend of his from back in London and they haven't spoken to him and he hasn't talked to him in 20 years. And she asks if there was any reason he might have wanted to contact Giles, and Giles says no. And then we see a tattoo on Philip's right arm, kind of tattoo. <laughs> um, That's the way the, I like to call them is tattoos. On the inside of his arm, kind of near the elbow, and uh, Winslow asks if he recognizes the tattoo, and he says he doesn't, and. We cut to, and that's where she gives him that look where she just comes. She's like bullshit, because he doesn't. Because he doesn't. He's like staring at it, and she's like, "Do you do you recognize that?" And he's like, "No," and she's like, "I've been a cop for more than ten minutes. You're clearly fucking lying." You know, I don't know. It just so now she's really gonna be like, "Okay, this fucker's hiding something," and I think you just have a problem with the police, Jeremy. Well, I do, but. <laughs> I just have a problem with cooperation uh, unnecessarily. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so we cut to the ER that night, and what's happening there? It's on fire, and no. Um, <laughs> that's my go-to every time. Patients are running out. Like, with yes! Their asses are hanging out of their gowns with their like hair and head is on fire, and... Like they're carrying, they're carrying their IV stands as they run out. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're at the hospital that night, and Buffy's there, and she's a little annoyed because uh, Giles is late, which is not like him, and she isn't, which is not like her. So she goes, she decides to go over to this payphone to call him. But just then she sees the the um, blood delivery van pull up and what appears to be a couple of doctors come out and they meet up. It's, they, <laughs> it's so weird. These They just get out and, like, they have this cooler, this, like, Coleman camping cooler, and they're just like, here you go. It's like they're passing some, uh, some ice-down Pepsis to someone and, <laughs> they take possession of this cooler, and then the, the van pulls away, and then this this convertible car pulls up, and 
um, the two supposedly doctors are now knelt down at the cooler and they've opened up one of the packs of blood and they're just drinking it. And you see he's a vamp face and then you see the guy in the car is a vamp face and he says, hey, you know, no sample in the product. And I'm like, the product? What are, what are you, blood drug dealers for the vampire? It's so cheesy. Like, don't sample the product, man. And like, what are you going to sell dime bags of blood to fucking vampires? But anyway, so they kind of look at him like, oh, what a dick. And Buffy has seen all this. But I think... I, oh. I think I think that's supposed to be kind of the the point of is the it? scene. It's, is it really? Is that it's like it's that it's like a drug deal. See, I thought like I figured they were just getting it for let's just say for instance, let's just say those three dudes were like um um spikes goons or or whatever. I thought they were just getting the blood to take back to the the warehouse there and so all the vamps have something to "Quote unquote," eat, you know, while they're not hunting or whatever. But so this guy's this guy's a blood dealer, huh? That, that's I mean, pretty that's awesome. Kind of what I, that's kind of what I took away from the scene is that it's like a like a uh, that's supposed to be like a drug deal. That would make out. a cool. That would make a cool story actually. Like a <laughs> a, a fucking a, a blood dealer who's like he like stands on the corner and he's got like dime bags of fucking blood and he's like, hey. yeah. <laughs> Hey, kid. <laughs> Come here, kid. I've got some O-Paws in there if you want to give it a try. I got some, I got some O-Paws. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, uh, so Buffy has seen all this, and she comes running over, and they all immediately start karate fighting. She's kicking and, and you know, what what. She goes to kick this one, but he grabs her leg and, like, literally picks her up and, like, does a pro wrestling body slam on to her onto the hood of this guy's car. And um, you can tell, uh-oh, they're, they're kind of getting a little bit of the upper hand here because there's three of them and only one of her. And about that time, here comes da-da-da-da-da, Angel. And he comes running in and dives on one, and they go flying out of the scene, and uh, the fight continues. She stakes one. Um, and then I and then she turns to the other one, and they continue their fisticuffs. I think she staked him too. Okay, she did. St- okay, she staked the second one too, and then the one that um, Angel's fighting with. Um, he at one Angel at one point hits him, and the guy spins and flips in the air, and he lands basically on the seat of his car, and then jumps up really quick and fires it up, and f- you know, flies out of there. And gets away, and um, I think but, I'm going to interrupt you real yeah. quick. I think uh, going forward, mm-hmm. it's like maybe starting with next week's episode, every time Angel makes one of these like dramatic entrances out of nowhere, mm-hmm. we should play the Angel the theme from Angel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. <laughs> Yeah, because he starts making a lot of these really dramatic entrances. He makes another he one. fucking twice in and, this Yeah, episode. he does another one later in this episode. Yeah, this same episode. Yeah. Do. Yeah, okay. And then we'll show a quick flash of him at the beginning of this credits where he kicks the door in off the fucking hinges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, so they start talking, and, and she's like, you know, what? How the what the hell? And she's he's like, it's delivery day. Everybody knows. 
And I'm like, I assume he means everybody, every vampire knows when it's delivered. Because I'm like, why would just normal people know? Oh, today's blood delivery day at the hospital. <laughs> you know? Uh, people waiting for transfusion. I guess. Hey, Tom, want to go down to the hospital today? It's blood It's blood uh, delivery day. We can, we can watch them swap Coleman's. <laughs> yeah, swap Coleman's full of packets of Opaz, man. It's going to be awesome. So, anyway, they... Uh, they talk and, she, and and Buffy's like, you know, I'm I'm worried because, you know, Giles was supposed to be here, and 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 Angel's like, well, maybe he's late, and she's like, Giles, who looks at being tardiness, what what she say? He looks at tardiness as a sin, the eighth deadly sin. And Angel's like, fuck yeah, you're you're right, and she's like, I need to go check on him, and. She's like, can you make sure the blood, you know, makes it to the hospital? And I'm like, really? You're entrusting a vampire to make sure this cooler full of blood makes it to the hospital? But he's, he's, he's like, smiles and shakes his head to her. And I'm thinking, he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to take this. But anyway, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, go. So she takes off. and I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think Angel drinks human blood period yes he does oh yeah yeah he does yeah because remember especially in um his own show when he's living in the underground apartment thing um one of the first times i think it's kate no it wasn't yeah i think it's kate the first time kate goes down there with him and he opens up his refrigerator and he's got bags of blood hanging hanging in there it's that he's getting from the hospital and stuff because he knows an orderly Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He'll drink it. He just won't tap it from you know. He just won't. He just won't drink from the tap. In other words, I don't know why. I thought I was under the impression, and obviously I'm wrong. I was under the impression he was he was uh, getting like uh, blood from local butchers and stuff, pigs' blood and whatnot. Well, I think he'll but, do that too if if not. if necessary. But but um, yeah, I believe I believe he doesn't have a problem drinking it. Because it's you know it's just donated blood, so it's he's not right, he's doing anything right. evil, other than letting an old person die because he drank the blood they needed for a transfusion. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Buffy heads on to the to Giles' apartment and uh, knocks on the door, and oh, he looks raggedy. He looks he's unshaven and unkempt and just looking very un- rough. Yeah, very ungiles like, and. Uh, I like it. Yeah. I know you would. You like it rough. And he's uh he's not uh he's not even inviting her in. He's just like basically talking to her at the door. He has the door open like 6 or 8 inches and they're and he's just talking to her that way and you know and she, she's just like are you you know what the f- are you okay? And he's yeah, I'm just something very important is going on and blah 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 and she's like, "Well, did you forget?" And he's like, "What?" And you know, she talks about the the meetup and all that and he's like oh 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 my god and he's like are you all right and she's like well no i'm dead but i'm here i mean what kind of stupid question is that she's standing right there are you all right no um i unfortunately passed away um and then she vamps out and attacks him yeah and she's like and she's like yeah she eats him um so he's like He's just like, listen, um, I got some things going on, and if so, you need to get the fuck gone. Yeah, basically, and it's like, 
He's like, so I'll see you at school Monday. And he just slam- just closes the door in her face, and she's like, wow, dick. And the very next thing we hear is Giles talking on the phone, which I have a clip of. So let's play said clip. I'm sorry to disturb you. I realize it's um, five in the morning there. Um, so I- I'm trying to reach Deirdre Page. My name is Rupert Giles. Uh, she knows me. It's, it's, it's very important. I'm terribly sorry. I, I, I didn't know. When did she uh, pass away? Oh, and recently. Um, yes, yes. Um, we were friends when we were young. My condolences. So, he has now discovered that Deidre is worm food. And um, clearly deeply unsettled by this. And he's sitting at his uh, desk there. And he's been drinking because his bo- it looks like some bourbon and the bottle is... Uh, it's been hit pretty hard, and he downs the rest of what's in this glass and um, looks down at a piece of paper where he's got names written, and he marks off uh, Deidre's name. And there's also Philip's name, which is now marked off, and a Randall something or rather name, which is marked off. And there's only two names left on this list, which is Ethan Rain. From, we all know who that is, correct? Do I need to go into that? Ethan Rain from the Halloween episode that he beat the shit out of and told to leave town. Just letting the viewers know. <laughs> Did you, I like I like how you're like, does everyone remember that? And then you pause like someone. <laughs> yeah, guys, hello? And, uh, I sure as fuck remember it. <laughs> yeah, so Ethan, Ethan Rain's name is left on the list as well as his own. And those are the last two names on the list. And um, he gets up and he goes over to a wash basin. Which I'm like, who the fuck has a wash basin in their house in the 1990s? But apparently Rupert does. So he gets, he rolls up his sleeves and he, you see the tattoo on his arm. (gasps) The same one that was on Philip's arm in the morgue. And then he scoops some water and washes his face and looks into a mirror and says, so you're back. And then we cut to a brief little thing of we're back at the morgue. And Philip, who is in the meat locker, raises up and slowly pulls the sheet down off his face. And his eyes open up and they flash yellow. Just like Deidre's did. <gasps> then what, James? Uh, well, do you want to finish up that brief morgue scene, and then I'll pick it up back? Well, at yeah, High? you're. Tr- yeah, that's true. Um, the way they cut it was weird, but it is the same scene. Um, it's like it's kind of like the next day at the morgue. The coroner comes, or who you would assume is the coroner, he comes in and he's got his clipboard and his pen and he's um, checking the meat lockers, I guess, to make sure the beef is uh, fresh still that everybody's in their 
in their cabinets as they should be. And he gets to Phillips and he opens it and it's empty. And he's like, <laughs> and then Philip, butt naked Philip, comes up behind him. <laughs> this just cracked me up. He like grabs him and puts the sheet that he was wearing over this corner and then opens up the meat locker and tosses the corner in and closes the door. And that's the scene. And I'm like, are we are we to believe that that the corner has died from this? <laughs> I mean, like, I I, I don't know, I, I I don't know. Um, so I guess I guess the corner, Sunnydale corner, is now dead. I suppose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that takes us to Sunnydale High, and we see. Jenny and Willow, Cordelia, and Xander heading for the computer science classroom. And Cordelia's lamenting about how school on a Saturday isn't right. And Xander wants to know when they're ever going to need computers in real life anyway. And Jenny's like, uh, home, school, work, games... Xander says he thinks computers are on the way out and paper's going to make a big comeback. And Willow says, and the abacus. Yeah. They all, uh, they all go into the room and they all take their seats and uh, um, Buffy shows up and Xander's like, huh? Did I fall asleep already? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That, no, no. You're wrong. <laughs> you didn't go into enough detail. What happens is they begin class and Miss Calendar says, okay, the first thing we're going to do is, and then Buffy walks in and she says, Buffy. And that's when Xander says, huh, did I fall asleep already? That yeah. is really makes it skeeve level 11. Yeah. Ugh. Fucking Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, so Willow asks Buffy if she missed her friends, and Xander tells Buffy to sit between uh, uh, her, him and Cordelia. And uh, Buffy says she actually wanted to talk to Miss Calendar. And... Uh, Jenny asked her if there's something wrong, and Buffy says it's Giles, and Jenny asks if he's all right. Buffy says, you know, she doesn't know, and she basically gives Jenny a recap of what happened when she went to Giles' place, you know, the night before, and they're all kind of surprised that he was apparently sitting at home drinking alone, um, which kind of baffled me a little bit because like it's like that's not something shit tons of people do on a regular basis anyway yeah but i guess i guess it's way out of character for right right that's kind of what i took away from it too like okay it's it's a bigger issue because it was giles well and i think i don't want to (coughs) swear to it but i don't think he's ever drank drank alcohol on the show before oh probably not and that's why Willow's like, tea, you mean tea? <laughs> right. But also, like, 
we've we've never been privy to Giles during non-work hours. Maybe he goes home and gets shit-faced every day. Yeah, he might go home and shoot up fucking heroin for all we know. Right. I mean, I, I he would. could have Look track. What the man goes through. He could have track marks basis. all over his arms, his feet, everywhere. You know, he could be right. a fucking functioning addict. Right. Look at what the man goes through. Just like last week when we discussed how Buffy is probably a hardcore alcoholic. Yep. Well, from now on, we're, of- we're assuming that Rupert is, is, a, is, an, is an opiate addict and a heavy drinker. <laughs> uh, what, every night after he's, he's yep. done like with his watcher duties, he yep. hits up the local Sunnydale opium den. Yep, <laughs> the opium den, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a tent, and he goes in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's the Old West. It's it's similar to uh, season four when, it is season four, right, when uh, we find Riley getting... Uh, yeah, getting, uh, uh, no, I think it's season five. When when we find out Riley's been sneaking away to get sucked off by vampires. Yeah, I think that's season five, and I think that's because that's one of the last times we see him. But uh, which couldn't uh, have happened soon enough. Anyway, um, so yeah, they're all. And when you say Giles, sucked so. off by, by vampires, you don't mean um, what it sounds like. No, I don't. I don't mean the Gawk Gawk Five Thousand. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean they're sucking his blood. For yeah. his pleasure. Right. From his arm, not his <laughs> yeah, <they're> just, <laughs> just, just for more clarification. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Although, can you imagine the blood flow of vampires? Oh, righty then. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's too early in the morning for that shit. So, um, yeah, they're all shocked that Giles was home alone drinking. And um, Xander <laughs> Xander launches off into this really weird, uh, uh, and I'm going to quote it exactly because I think it's funny. Yeah. He's like, um, yep, yep, I knew this would happen. Nobody can be wound as tight and narrow as Giles without a dark side erupting. My uncle Rory was the stodgiest taxidermist you've ever met by day. By night, it was booze, whores, and fur flying. Were there whores? Yeah. <laughs> and Buffy reassures every <laughs> that he was alone. And uh, But maybe the whore just left right before she got there. Or maybe that's why Giles wouldn't open the door. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. So how the fuck does she know he was alone? She never got inside two inches in the fucking door. Nope. Uh, nope. See, more poor writing. And Giles could have definitely been getting in more than two inches. And she and she could have been like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's why he wouldn't let me in the fucking door. Right. You know? But no, she's like, no, he was alone. I'm sure. I went inside and thoroughly investigated. Right. You know. As yeah, if I was Buffy, as soon as Xander was whores, I would have mentioned whores. I would have been like, no, he was. A- Wait a minute, that mm-hmm. son of a bitch wouldn't even let me inside. There were whores. There were whores in there. He's become a taxidermist. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was taxidermying whores. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, there was no whore taxidermy going on, though. No, no, no. But there were ver- um, so, vampires sucking him off. 
<laughs> so she she asks if anyone's noticed anything different about Giles lately, which I thought was an odd question because who spends more time with Giles than Buffy? Like surely she would notice. Well, Jenny, I would. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. One they of those say, two should know. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, Jenny's like, well, he did start slapping me during sex. No, um, <laughs> he, I did tell him to choke me, and he took it too far, and I woke up ten minutes later. Well, I was like, well, when I did surprise him during Halloween in the library, he was dressed like Frankenfurter. <laughs> he was, and he was himself. flogging himself over his back. <laughs> But I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think a thing of it. I mean. I just thought that's what Giles got up to in his free time. Yeah. Whores, opium, and Frankenfurter uh, dress-ups. Whores, opium, and uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show cosplay. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with any of that? That's what I do in my free time. Listen, this is America, okay? It's a free country. Um. So, yeah, they're like, no, we haven't noticed anything odd. And Cordelia's like, yeah, he seemed perfectly normal when I saw him talking to the police. Oh, and they all look at her like, oh, God damn it, right. Cordelia. And then Buffy's like, and you waited till now to tell us this because? Which I thought, again, I thought was an odd question because, so, yeah, maybe Cordelia could have mentioned it sooner in this particular conversation, but yeah. how do we know that Cordelia has seen any of them between when she saw Giles in the library and today? I thought the same thing. Well, isn't this supposed to? This is the next. This is the ne- this is the next day. Yeah, you're right because this is Saturday at school. Right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, but it's it still so holds we, true. Like. Right. Like. What is she supposed to know. call one of them? And be like, hey, listen, I was just in the library. And and I saw Giles talking right. to the police, you know. Right. What? Kill him. He's telling all this. You know. It's like, what the fuck? Right. But you are right that, like, at least in this current conversation, she might have wanted to bring that up a little earlier. Right. Or, like, I kind of feel that Cordelia being Cordelia, like, as soon as she met up with Jenny, Xander, and Willow, or any combination of them that morning... I feel like Cordelia being the way she is would have been like, what was up with Giles talking to the police yesterday? Yeah, because, because she, she loves gossip. Like that. And she loves, exactly. yeah, yeah. But all of a so, sudden, Cordelia's, uh, she ain't right. no snitch, bitch. Right. Because um, she's like, Buffy's so, like, you didn't think about telling us this before? And Cordelia's like, bitch, snitches get stitches. Right. And, yeah. Um so, and then Buffy's like, you're right. And then, and then beats the fuck out of her. Beats her into a fucking it coma. Brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal. Um, <laughs> she will never look the same again. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She has massive facial, facial fracturing. Yeah. Oof. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. She's eating out of a, out of a fucking straw the rest of her life. Um, so Cordelia gives them the rundown of what the police were talking to Giles about, and um, which okay, just really quick, I, when she says something about you know she goes she goes something about a homicide. Did she hear how that? Does she, 
I had the same question. How does she know that? Because uh, the detective didn't tell Giles it was about a homicide until after Giles had dismissed Cordelia from the library. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing specific was said about anything until right. Cordelia was gone. So I'm right. like, and granted, we didn't like we didn't actually see Cordelia exit the library. So maybe she had lingered around long enough to hear. Oh, it's about a homicide. Yeah, she but, went over to the she, you know, Cordelia. She went over to browse for for a new um, philosophy book or to or to check the card catalog. You know, um, more likely, and again, this plays into Cordelia's love of gossip. More likely, Cordelia lingered in her walk out of the library. Okay, to eavesdrop on what was going on. I can buy that, but then why the fuck would she have kept this to herself? A, she uh, discovers yeah, Giles yeah. talking to police in the library. B, right. she hears them that it's about a homicide, and she doesn't immediately go to someone and be like, yo, yo, yo. Right. You know. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. And how has Giles not, how, how has Giles not, like, immediately lost his job or at least been put on administrative leave when the principal discovers that our librarian is being questioned by the police in connection with a homicide on campus? You know, at um, the very least, he's going on paid leave until uh, some shit's figured out. Just uh, saying. So Buffy says, you know, she's going to go call Giles. So she leaves and we cut to the library and um, she's heading to Giles's office and she hears something in the stacks. So she stops and. She sees a shadow um, uh, moving across the bookcases in the in the uh, anteroom, and uh, so she goes and um, uh, she goes up the stairs and through the doors, and she's. Walking and did you did you make note that I, I believe this is the first time we've actually gotten to see what's behind this yeah. this door? Yeah, this like is normally the first with time we've got somebody just shoots through that there. door and there must be an exit because they disappear. I'm I speculate that the the door that we saw um, Philip banging on mm -hmm. is, is is that door there. Is the is the uh, exit door in that in that room? I have to. I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Because the stacks are up, up above. Right. Right. I don't know. Is is maybe the main floor of the library kind of subterranean? I think yeah, because there's the windows. Oh, you're the, right. You're the windows right. in the library yeah. that <laughs> vampires. You are have right. Yeah, I'll bet you are right. Frequently cashed crash through are at a, a more ground level. I bet you're right so, then. So I think that's where that door is, is in that, that back room. That now at least shit makes sense now. Cause I used to hate when, you know, a vampire or whatever would run up and run through that door and they're just, Oh, they escaped. Right. And I'm like, right. wait, what? Isn't there just more shelves and books there? Like where did they escape to? They jump into a novel. <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking never-ending story, right? 
Um, uh, the so yeah, she's walking down. Story. <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in a clip here of uh, <laughs> what was the what was um, the horses the horses name the horse Treyu and the the horse when the horse sinks in the quicksand. the one that he just like lets drown in the quicksand yeah. uh, I I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna cut that scene right in here oh I thought you were gonna play the one where he's where Sebastian how couldn't I can't believe I remembered his name was riding um. What was the dragon's name? The dragon dog looking thing. Um, um, God, I how do remember. I remember the little boy's name? And I can't remember the, the fucking, uh, <laughs> um, Zoltor or some, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm just making Zoltar. shit up. <laughs> it's I think Zoltar. Zoltar. I think you're thinking of Zoltar, which was the from big, name of the wizard machine <laughs> from big. big. Yeah. Um, uh, Falcor. Falcor. Hey, I was not even close. You, were, you, you, were there. you had the or part. <laughs> had the or part. Yeah, the but scene where Sebastian is riding Falcor, and he yeah, goes, and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to traumatize all our viewers <laughs> again and by show the part where he's uh, the start where he the the horse. Now, if that actually him. makes it to the YouTube video, I will shit myself because <laughs> that's a lot of work. Um. So she's she's walking down the main aisle in this uh, other room of the library, and um, we see that there's someone watching her, and uh, she uh, uh, goes down one of the aisles and um, looks through a gap in the books, and she sees uh, sees the person, and it's Ethan Rain. And he pushes the bookcase over, and she jumps out of the way of it. And he tries to escape, but she catches him. He tries terribly to escape. He's limping. He's limping. Is he? Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. he? What's he limping from? Uh, the beatdown that Giles gave him two episodes ago. Oh, he's still fucked up from <laughs> that. Because later on, he doesn't appear to be gimp at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I really didn't notice later on. But in this mm. scene, he's definitely limping because oh, when okay. he tries to run away, he's got a definite limp and he winces in pain. Oh, okay. So. So yeah, let's pick a fight with the Slayer then. Yeah. Um, the Buffy grabs him by the arm, stops him from running, and she's like, "I know you. You, you, uh, you're the guy that owned that costume shop." And he's like, oh, I'm pleased you remember. And then he tries to leave. And she's like, you sold me that dress for Halloween and nearly got us all killed. And he's like, but you looked great. And she, she fucking clocks him. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's like, so now we're even. And she wants to know what he's doing there. And he says snooping around. And she's like, oh, honesty, nice touch. Um. She threatens to call the police, and um, uh, he's like, go, he's like, yeah, go ahead. They'll have all these questions, and they'll just they'll need Rupert to answer them. And she's like, oh, you know Giles, and uh, he's like, we go way back, and 
you don't happen to know where he is, do you? And we cut to. She's like, "Well, are you? Do you, are you into um, Rocky Horror at all?" <laughs> She's like, "Were you, did you play Brad?" <laughs> um. So then we cut to another nightmare sequence when we're seeing um, the tattoo and visions of a demon and Deidre in her corpse state and her eyes glowing yellow and all of a sudden the phone rings and we're in Giles's apartment and he stirs at his desk and kind of fumbles picking up the phone but answers it and says hello and we cut to Buffy and you know Giles it's me and Giles is like, listen, bitch, I already told you I'll see you Monday, so you can fuck all the way off. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, uh, no, he's, I mean, yeah, kind of. He's like, he tells her, you know, if it's not an emergency, I'll see you on Monday. And she, she says, what's the mark of Igon? And we cut back to Giles, and he's completely shocked to hear those words come out of Buffy's mouth and we come back to the library and she's like Giles and Ethan says cat got his tongue and Buffy tells him that she's at in his office with someone who says he's an old friend of Giles's and his name's Ethan Rain and Giles is like do you ever get the impression that that they might have been ex-lovers um not not in this episode, but I could I could see it. Okay. I was just curious. I could see it. Um I think I definitely think Giles what we come to know of him in future episodes mm -hmm. was was probably open uh enough in his younger days. Yeah, I just I don't know. That's I've always got that. There's this weird vibe I get from those two. Like, right. If, right. You know, I don't know. But anyway, I think it's an, yeah, I think it's entirely possible. Giles was definitely the top. Just saying. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason they call him Ripper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Giles is like, tells Buffy, you know, you need to get the fuck out of there. Like, yeah, that dude's dangerous. Um, and Buffy says he's not going, she's not going anywhere until Giles gives her some answers. And at that point, Philip comes crashing through the window in Giles's office. And uh, <laughs> Ethan jumps behind Buffy and like, uses, uses her, her. shield. Yeah. And, uh, what did I tell you? He's a bottom. And Giles hears the commotion and he's, you know, calls Buffy's name and um, he uh, grabs his glasses off the desk and drops the phone and runs from his apartment. We cut back to the library and Philip and Buffy are, are fighting. It's not really much of a fight. Um, uh, 
Buffy's you know, kicking him and punching him and beating up a corpse. Um, and uh, which is actually a felony, I think. I think that's a, a bu- abuse of a misuse of a corpse or something like that. Um. Uh, and Ethan tries to get away, and Philip calls after Ethan, and uh, just as Xander and and the others come in, and Buffy yells, "Don't let him get away!" and Xander pushes. So Xander immediately lets him get away. Xander pushes him, pushes Ethan against the counter, but Ethan like swats Xander away like he's a fucking gnat, like a little bitch. And, uh, um, he tries to get through the open doors, and Cordelia knees him in the fucking balls. And Cordelia, of all people, and he, and he collapses to the ground in pain. And I just uh, thought it was funny that she's like, "Don't let him get away." And Xander immediately, he's like, "Okay, let him get away." Okay, I got you. Like these are words you're not going to hear me say very often. In Xander's defense, oh. he did try to stop Ethan. Yeah. Ethan was just uh, overpowered him. Yeah, Ethan, the skinny little British guy, owned him. Okay, yeah, okay. Um. So, uh, um, Buffy ends up trapping Philip in the book cage. And uh, we dissolve to a little while later. And what's happening a little while later there in the library? Um, I don't know because uh, you've lost me. Um, I guess. Okay, I'll keep going. Yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's later on and um, Ethan's uh, sitting at a table when Buffy's watching him and the others are watching Philip and um, um, uh, Willow, uh, Willow's like, you know, I'm not going to get close enough to check for a pulse, but I'm pretty sure he's dead. And Ethan confirms he's dead. And at that point, Giles rushes in and he asked if everyone's all right and, uh, uh, I found my place. Okay, sorry. Everybody, uh, everybody says they're okay, and um, uh, uh, Giles um, walks over and looks at Philip, and he says it can't be, and Ethan says it can, and hello, Ripper, and. Giles says he thought he told Ethan to leave town, and Ethan's like, you did, I didn't. And uh, Cordelia kind of says to Xander, why did he call him Ripper? And as she asks that, Giles grabs Ethan by the hair on the back of his head and spins him around, him bends him over the tape. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Slash, it was, that was slash fiction coming through. Well, she wanted to know why he was called Ripper. <laughs> um, and lifts him out of the chair and uh, gets in his face. And he's like, you should have left when I told you. And Cordelia's kind of like putting it together. And she's like, oh, okay. I see yeah. why now. <clears throat> um, 
Giles tells Ethan, he's like, you put these people in danger, people I care about. And Ethan's like, you know, if you cared so much about them, you know, why didn't you leave town? And he tells him he knows Giles has been having the dreams because he's been having them too, and they both know what's coming. And uh, Buffy's trying to get a handle on what's going on, and she's asking Giles, you know, what dreams, what's going on, and Ethan tells Giles he should tell her, and at that point, Philip breaks out of the cage, and uh, when he flings the door open, it, it hits Jenny and knocks her out, and um, Xander gets out of the way and, you know, kind of grabs Cordelia and pushes her, kind of gets in front of Cordelia to, like shield her, keep her safe. Um, uh, Giles um, scrambles over to Jenny and um, uh, Buffy gets in between Ethan and Philip and gives him a couple kicks and he falls back against the cage and then um, uh, he uh, his eyes go wide and he kind of starts to convulse and ends up collapsing on the floor next to Miss Calendar and disintegrates into a puddle of slime, just like Deidre did. And it, um, spreads out and, um, oozes and, its way. And to, Giles just leaves uh, Jenny laying there as it's coming towards her. He doesn't mind that she gets uh, covered in goo. Right. And it, oozes its way to Jenny and kind of touches her hand and she she regains consciousness and um, uh, Giles asks if she's all right and she says she is and uh, is like well this is what happens when you have school on Saturday <laughs> and uh, in Sunnydale yeah and um we, uh, Giles kind of tells Jenny to go ahead and lean on him and everything's going to be all right. And she asks if he promises and he says he does. And, um, she leans her head on his shoulder and, uh, the scene ends as we see her open her eyes and they glow yellow. Yeah, so, um, wait, is that the end of the scene? Well, it cuts to commercial, and it comes back, and we're in the library still. Yeah, finish, finish the library part up, and then I'll take over. Okay. Um, um, so, uh, Giles and Jenny are at a table now, and um, uh, she's still resting her head against his hand, and He's stroking her hair, and Giles comes back, or Buffy comes back into the library, and she says she's lost. She lost Ethan, and Giles. She asks Giles what's going on, and Giles, it's complicated and it's private, and um, Buffy says she doesn't care, and um, uh, asks again what the mark of Igon is, and. Um, Giles, 
uh, Giles gets frustrated with her and he basically yells at her like, you know, this isn't your battle. and You know, it's none of your business. And as your watcher, I'm telling you to stay out of it. And Buffy's kind of taken aback a little bit. And, like, can't really believe, you know, what she what Giles is saying. And she said Giles says he needs to get Jenny home and. Um, they, uh, Jenny and Giles walk out of the library and Buffy walks over to the others and she's like, you know, she starts delving out orders cause it's Buffy. So of course she's not going to just sit back and, you know, let Giles go through whatever this is. And she tells Willow to find out anything she can about the mark of Igon and Willow says she'll try the net, but it that sounds more like Giles and his books kind of thing. And um, Buffy says, well, then we'll hit the books. And Willow heads up into the stacks, and then she tells Xander to start digging through Giles's personal files and see what she can find. And he he disappears into Giles's office, and Cordelia hops off the counter and kind of gives Buffy a smile and. Buffy's like, what? And Cordelia's like, what about me? I care about Giles. And Buffy tells her to go work with Xander. And Cordelia's like, well, when I say I care, I mean... And Buffy's like, gives her a stern, you know, Cordelia. And Cordy's like, okay. And she follows after Xander. And, uh... That's the end of the scene. We cut to Giles' apartment. Yep, Giles has taken Jenny to his apartment per her request. And she's just like, you know, what's going on? No, she's <laughs> like, uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I don't, didn't want to be alone yet and blah, blah, blah. And he's made her a drink and uh, he's apologizing for getting her involved. But, you know, she's like, well, that's kind of what happens when people two people are involved and he's like wow wow and uh but he still thinks it's unsafe for Jenny to be around him right now and then we cut and after spending uh the day apparently most of the day researching um Willow has finally found some info um the mark of Igon is worn by the followers of Igon um, a demon who can only exist in this dimension by temporarily possessing an unconscious person or a dead person. And while possessed, the person's filled with a sense of euphoria. I guess it's like a drug almost. And which is, which is why people have been known to summon um, this demon um, for uh, orgies and whatnot. So Xander, of course, is immediately like, yeah, orgies. Uh, However, they find out if the uh, correct rituals are not performed, Igon will permanently possess the host, like just taking over the body. And, um, And this is where they go into a little bit more detail about that he can also possess a dead body, not just, uh, an unconscious one. And, uh, but after a short time, the the core—if he's in a dead body—the uh, the corpse 
starts to disintegrate, and he's got to jump to the nearest, uh, you know, dead body. Um, and, but then they realize, well, there were no dead bodies. How did he get from Philip? You know, where did he go after Philip? And then they realize, Xander realizes, oh, uh, Miss Calendar was unconscious. And Buffy's like, I'll head that way. And she shoots out the door. And they're all like, okay, fuck her. I'm not going. I think it would be funny if uh, sometimes when when Buffy takes off, they would like do a slow-mo shot of her running and play like the bionic sounds from the bionic woman and the six million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And no one knows what we're talking about right now except you and I. Everyone's too old. Uh, I would like to point out here that um, Willow says in in the aha moment when they discover. Yeah, the, I just glossed over that because I didn't want to. I I didn't I didn't care. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> she says it's not Egyptian. It's Etruscan mistaken for Egyptian by the design pattern, but any fool can see it predates their iconology. So uh, that is a goof em up and oopsie because the earliest records of the Etruscans date to around 700 BC and the earliest records of the Egyptians are around 3000 BC. So there's no way the Etruscans predated the Egyptians. No one, no, no one, no one cares. Someone cares. Uh, no, <laughs> I cared. I cared enough. Yeah. Enough. So someone else must care. Okay, moving Please right proceed. along. <laughs> I love to break your balls. Uh, <laughs> back at back at we're still at Giles' apartment, and um, he's now in the little kitchen area. I, I, I guess making more to drink. Um, and we see it looks Jenny. Like he's making tea at this. I point. was going to say. I think it was tea. Now I think they were. Yeah. I think they had a little stiff drink earlier, and I think now they're having a little tea tea. <laughs> and and uh, Miss Calendar's trying to get something stiff. Oh, you're naughty. And uh, let's see. Well, yeah, we see her. <laughs> All of a sudden, she grabs the phone line and just yanks it out of the wall, and he's like. Did you hear that? I heard a noise. And she's like, no, just me uh, disabling your communications devices. And uh, he was like, oh, okay. No. Uh, but she was like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. And he's like, mm, okay. And uh, he continues uh, blindly making her a beverage while she's preparing to kill him. And uh, uh, basically, she's... Uh, they drink the tea. They sit down together again. They drink the tea, and then she's she's just all over him, and uh, it, because he, he gives her the tea when they sit down, and he's like, "Well, here you go. You know, after you drink this, I'll I'll take you home," and she basically says, "Well, we should spend the night together instead," and he's like, "No, yeah, she's." No, she says, and this gave me the cringe, because even though, and and I know it's he who shall not be named's reputation tainting this now, even though 
he's not credited as anything to do with this episode writing wise, directing wise. He was anything. on IMDb. He was listed as a writer. Was he? Uh-huh. Um because uh, um in the in the in the credits and everything else I found, it's uh Dean Batali and Rob Des Hotel. And on IMDb, they're just listed as uh, story consultants. And he well, was listed. He was listed in, as in the, the writer. In the credits of the episode, it's it's uh, those two. Huh. But um, she said he. She says you could take me home, or you could take advantage of me in my weakened state. Yeah. And it just that. And the, that's basically the, the, that's basically the, Joss Whedon's out. wet dream. So that it just ished me out. So. Yeah, that's Joss Whedon's wet dream. That's why he put that in the, in, in there, probably. Um. So, yeah, uh, we cut back to the library, and um, Buffy's trying to call. Well, he, he she, she tried to call Miss Callender's house, no answer. And she called Giles, but it's out of order. And I'm like, what do you mean out of order? It's She pulled the phone line out of the wall. It's not... You're not going to get any anything. It's still going to ring on your end. It's just not going to be answered. So anyway, sorry. Uh, no, that's I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm one thousand percent sure. Okay. It would just on her end. It would still just ring. You know, it's not going to do anything other than that. Um, and even if it, even if not, worst case scenario, it would give a busy signal. It yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't like say. The person you are calling's phone is out of order. You know, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so she's like, well, fuck, I'm just going to go over to Giles, you know, and see what's up. So we cut back, and Giles, and Giles is telling Jenny that, um, you know, he's attracted to her, but now is just not the right time. And um, But then that's when Jenny starts getting all kind of physically, uh, uh, you know, aggressive and, you know, he, she starts kissing him real. She, like, kind of gets on his on on top of him and starts kissing him, and all of a sudden he pulls her away and, you know, eh, he's like, you know, this isn't right. I'd be taking advantage. And, and then uh, Jenny kind of starts uh, breaking his balls a little bit and saying he's a goody two-shoes and always has been and calls him Ripper. And uh, and she says, you never had the strength for me. You don't deserve me. And uh, then she grabs him by, the, by his hair, and her voice becomes this demon voice. And she says, um, yeah, and her face kind of gets a little weird-looking, scaly. And um, what does she say when she, oh, that's when she says, you don't deserve me. You don't deserve me. And then she, like, just starts beating the shit out of him, smashes his face into a table, throws him backwards into the wall, and um, basically just beating the hell out of him. And then, Buffy busts in. And um, immediately front fucking jump kicks Miss Calendar, who goes flying over a couch and and everything. And... Uh, uh, she, she, Miss Calendar, she says something. I forget what she says. I didn't write it down. It, I didn't care that much. But she turns around. And, or she, oh, no, that's when she says, 
four four down, two to go. Three three down, two to go. Yeah, be seeing you. Yeah, be seeing you. And then she turns around and she just dives out of his front window, which was I thought kind of funny. And would uh, that be the front window or the back window? Well, I assumed that was the living room area, so I don't I don't fucking know. She jumps out of a window face first. That's obviously like on the second story. So, um, Giles is shaking. Um, he's kind of he's being a little bitch, basically. I mean, for a fucking for a fucking watcher who has seen some shit, he's he's being a little bit of a bitch. Lay off Giles a little bit, dude. Come and, on. And sh- Buffy really needs to slap the pit and be like, dude, sack up. We Let's handle this. Quit being a bitch. Um, you, you need to quit being a bitch to Giles right now. <laughs> so we cut back to the library, and uh, Xander's uh, going through Giles' personal files and stuff, and he discovers this picture. And it's Giles, much younger Giles, in a leather jacket, and you know, kind of a, kind of a punk rock getup, and uh, has a bass guitar strung over his shoulder and and whatnot. And they're all like, "What the fuck, Giles? What the job? What?" And it kind of gives kind of gives a hint that Giles hasn't always been the, uh, you know, straight laced tweed wearing librarian that they uh that they all know so um we cut back to his apartment and giles is finally kind of spilling the beans and uh filling buffy in on everything and says that when he was in college you know he studied history at oxford and uh, as well as the occult as part of his watcher training but he hated his life and the grind of school and the pressure the destiny all that and Says he eventually dropped out and moved to London and fell in with the baddest crowd that would have him. And um, they, this, he and this new group of fin- friends spent time, you know, doing magics. And uh, they mostly dabbled with small stuff until they found something much bigger, which would be Igon. And I guess the way they would do it is one of them would go into a deep sleep and then the others would summon Igon, and he would temporarily possess their friend who was in the deep sleep. Um, but Igon eventually got the better of them once and uh, permanently got a hold of uh, this Randall character. And um, they were unable to uh, get Igon out of him, and Randall died. So basically they were um, responsible for his death. And uh, they thought that was the end of it. They thought they were free of him. But they were wrong because now he's come back to kill them all. And he only has two more to go. And then Buffy realizes Igon must be going after Ethan next. Um, so she's like, fuck. Well, fuck him. Let's just let him die. And so they do. And that's the end of the season. Uh, no. End of the episode. Or episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good. So, uh, no, so she's like, all right, I, I better get to him and, and protect him. Um, Giles wants to help, but he's clearly, he's, he looks like his ribs are fucked up, and he, he's just fucked up still from the beatdown Miss Calendar gave him. And Buffy's like, no, nah, you're not mobile. 
you know, just stay here. Um, and Giles is like, I don't know how to kill Igon without killing Jenny as well. And Buffy's like, the gang is on it. We'll find a way. And then just before she leaves, Giles finally apologizes for being a dick over the last couple of days. And she's like, yeah, we'll talk about that, bitch. And then she leaves. I don't think he was apologizing for being a dick over the last couple of days. I think he was apologizing for for bringing this demon into the world. Maybe he was apologizing for all of it. For Maybe. everything. Maybe. Um, so then we cut back to that shop where Ethan had had uh, the uh, Halloween costume shop for the Halloween episode. And she, Buffy gets there and um, Ethan shows up and he's like, oh, you're here to protect me, save me. And she's like, yeah, pretty much because protecting you means protecting uh, Giles. And then, you know, he sh- shows her the, the tattoo on his arm and says, well, not going to be really easy because this thing's like a homing beacon for Igon. And she's like, well, you know, fuck Igon. When he comes, I'll just beat his ass. And uh, that's the end of the episode. No. So she's like, well, let's go to the, uh, she's like, is there, is there an entrance in the back? And the entrance or an exit. And he's like, well, there's, yeah, there's a door back there, but it seems pretty solid. And she's like, all right, let's set up back there. And he's like, all right, well, after you. And she starts to go, and he immediately clubs her from behind and KOs her. Like the slimy, backstabbing dick face that he is. And she wakes up, and she's uh, face down on a table that he just happened to have, a, uh, a gurney. And she's tied. Her arms are, like, wrapped around it on each side, and then they're tied at the wrist underneath the table. Although we immediately see that there just there just happens to be a screw sticking out right there, which makes a perfect place for her to start uh, sawing her ropes, uh, her binds against. Um, and Ethan basically starts telling her that she's going to take his place. Um, uh, so she, she's she's still rubbing the the rope against the screw and uh, I, I thought you were going to go in a different direction with that. yeah no uh and uh, st- <laughs> uh he's like well this is th- this is going to sting a little bit but that's just until the incredible pain takes over and so he goes behind kind of on the back of her neck and starts giving her this tattoo this igon tattoo and uh then we cut to the library, and Cordy and Willow are kind of hit a roadblock trying to figure out how to kill Igon. And Xander and Cordy start snipping at each other, and and he's like, "That's it, I've had enough. Twelve years of you, I can't take it anymore." And he's like, "You might be a girl, but let's throw down." And she gets up, and she's like, basically, like, "I've seen you fight, and I can take you." And uh, then Willow gets up, and she's like, "All right, you fuckheads." And basically, basically fucking sets them straight and says, you know, so if you're not with me 110%, get the fuck out of my library. And then they're both like, oh, shit. Uh, sorry. And I I love these, <coughs> uh, like, Willow take Willow charge moments. Yeah. Take control mm-hmm. outburst moments. I absolutely love them. Yeah. They're, they're right up there with me with, uh, 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 with um, 
for me, like Giles' angry, emotional outburst moments. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just I just love them. One hundred. One hundred. And let's see. So she's like, all right. Um, the best, she's like, well, you know, the best thing they can think of, okay, we'll go to the, we'll go to the cemetery and get a dead body and somehow force Igon to jump into that body. And then they're like, but that ain't going to kill him. She's like, well, that's not going to kill him. That's only going to give him a, a change of scenery. And then suddenly Willow's like, I've got it. And she's like rushes out of there, and Xander and Cordelia are like, "What? Okay." And they they're following her, and so she's apparently thought of a solution. And uh, so we cut back, and Ethan's kind of finishing up this little tattoo, and then uh, he's like, "All right, you're you're basically going to take my place now." And he he has this uh, glass bottle of what appears to be some type of chemical. Um, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm done with you. This is for me. And then he pours it into onto his arm, and it's apparently acid because it's uh, smoking, and he's like, ah! So he's aciding off this tattoo of, of his, and he's now put it on Buffy. And uh, while she's watching this, she's still working on the ropes, trying to get him free. And back at his apartment, Giles is grabbing some stuff, and was clearly heading out the door like, you know, to come and help. And he gets hit with this vision, and um, now he sees Buffy in the vision. So apparently he's he realizes, he, he's like, you fucking asshole, Ethan. And uh, so he kind of gets his wits back about him and um, heads out the door and uh, rushes out to go and help. And then he's what happens? Such, he's in such a hurry, he doesn't even close his fucking door. No, he doesn't. No. A, a, a nice neighbor lady comes by later and pulls it shut for him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple days later, she sees him out there, and she's like, Oh, you left the other night in such a hurry. I closed your door for you. And then she's like, But, but yeah. not after I went inside and helped myself to some of your cash and goods. Right. Um and then they have tea uh, out on the veranda. And he together. has to, and she's seen too much in his apartment, too much of his watcher stuff. So, so he, he's actually poisoned the tea. Yeah, and then he shoves her off the balcony. Yeah, yeah. That is deleted scenes. It's a deleted scene. Yep. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Ethan's, and he's wrapping his arm in a bandage, and he's like, "Well, I." I hate to mutilate and run, and he gets cut off as uh, he and Buffy see a green light suddenly shine through the shop windows, and we see the shadow of Jenny Igon walking up to the door, and the door opens, and uh, the demon comes in and um, tells... Ethan, it it's his time, and um, uh, Igon approaches Ethan, and he's like staring at her, completely terrified, and she sniffs, and I guess realizes that uh, 
Ethan's not the one she's after anymore and shoves him to the side just as Buffy manages to cut through the ropes and she rolls off the table and onto the floor as Igon lunges for her and she um she kicks uh Igon and the table over onto the floor and they both get up and Igon holds the table and rushes Buffy with it, pushing her into some crates just as Giles rushes through the door. And he yells for Igon to take him and um, Igon tosses the table uh, to the side and faces Giles and Giles tells Buffy to get out of there and um, Igon advances on Giles and Buffy gets between them and shouts no and um, Igon holds her arms out holds her arm out towards Buffy and Buffy goes flying into some boxes and yeah which I'm like okay so she has this demon has telekinetic powers that they could have used at any point um, and I, I don't know so Igon grabs Giles by the collar and pushes him down to the floor and stands over him and says, I've been waiting a long time to do this. And then urinates um, on his chest. <laughs> and Giles <laughs> is like, I've been waiting a long time for this. And he rubs his hands in it and over his face, starts licking his fingers. And it's just, it's really weird for a, it's a, really... for a prime time show yeah. on network television that kids are watching. It's, <laughs> really i was i was a gas i was a gas but he hurried up and put a ball gag in his mouth first right yeah. he was like he was like after he got done licking his fingers he like he was like hold on one more thing and he pulled a ball gag out of his pocket he was like oh this is completely Completely like said, inappropriate. Kind of like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Igon bends down again to grab Giles, and just then Angel runs through the door. <laughs> Here comes the theme song. And uh, grabs Igon and pulls her to a crate and slams her head into it and grabs her by the neck and starts to choke her as Willow and Xander and Cordelia come in and. Willow holds Giles back and he's like, he's killing her. And Willow says, trust me, it's going to work. And um, Angel keeps choking Igon and Xander's helping Buffy up. And um, finally we see uh, um, Igon, or we see Angel drop Jenny and he gets thrown back against the wall and starts convulsing as Igon is jumped from Jenny into Angel and um, when Jenny hits the hits the ground we see that she's transformed back into herself again she's not all demoned up and Willow lets go of Giles and he runs over to him to Jenny and we cut back to Angel and his his face is just contorting and it's changing between Igon and and Angel's vampire face and um, it's going 
back and forth like that. And, um, uh, there, there's clearly a struggle happening inside Angel and um, uh, uh, Angel's thrown to a crate and um, he's thrown back against the wall again and and we see um, we see the demon inside Angel throw Igon out of Angel's body and without a host body we see uh, Igon kind of disperse into ash and Angel gasps and collapses to the floor and they all will go over to see if he's okay as um, Jenny's uh, or Giles is trying to comfort Jenny and Ethan gets up and runs from the shop and Buffy's like you know you knew if the demon was in trouble it was going to jump into the nearest dead person Angel says, so I put it in danger. And Willow says, and it jumped. And Angel stands up and he's like, you know, I've had a demon inside me for a couple hundred years just waiting for a good fight. And Xander says that Ethan disappeared again. And Buffy's like, darn, I really wanted to hit him till he bled. And uh, Cordia's like, well, it's it's over. And when uh, when she said that about hitting him until he bled, Giles pulled the ball gag down. And was like, "You're <laughs> you're into that." <laughs> well, first he's he's got the ball gag in, and, and he hears Buffy say that, and he looks over, kind of surprised, and he's like, and he really remembers he's got the ball gag and pulls it down, and he's like, "You're into that too." And then he puts the ball gag back in. Um, and we see Buffy and Angel looking looking over at Jenny and Giles. And Jenny's clinging to him as they walk out of the shop. And we cut to school the next day. And Willow and Xander and Buffy are walking across the quad. And um, Buffy's lamenting about how she was saving her her uh allowance for shoes but now she has to get this entire this tattoo removed and she hopes her mom doesn't see it first and xander compliments on compliments uh, willow on the idea of putting the demon into angel and willow's like well i wasn't sure it was gonna work and <laughs> I'm kind of like at that point Buffy should have been like what the fuck do you mean you didn't know if yeah she's work? all like trust me trust me this will work and I'll just have <laughs> Angel choke her out you know <laughs> like like to two, two, there's two ultimately terrible things that could have happened like Angel could have like killed Jenny or B like the demon could have taken over Angel and yeah like that would have been that like and yep. then no more angel yep um uh buffy tells willow she should consider a career as a watcher and willow says she couldn't handle the stress and uh she doesn't know how giles does it and they see him walking through across campus and buffy says i don't think he has a choice and we cut to a hall inside and we see Jenny walking up the stairs and 
um, Giles stops her and let me um, let me cut you off here because I've got a clip sure. of their the conversation they're gonna have. Please, Jenny, Jenny, Rupert, hi. Uh, I, I tried to call you last night to see how you were. Yeah, I uh, I left my phone off the hook. Seem to need a lot of sleep lately. But, but you're all right. Is, is there anything you need? Mm, no, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not running around, wind in my hair. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Fine, but I'm coping. I, I, I would like to help. I know. Perhaps we could um, talk sometime. Um, dinner or, or a drink. When you're feeling stronger. Sure, sometime. Yeah, sometime. So, she clearly wants nothing to do with Mr. Rupert. Rupert? Rupert? Um, yeah. So, he watches her go up the stairs, and um, when she's out of sight, he kind of looks down, sad, and starts to head to the library as Buffy catches up to him, and he slowly pulls the ball gag out of his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to I was about to go with it, but anywhere I go with it from there is gonna be like completely inappropriate, especially since Buffy's underage. Because I mean we only keep everything appropriate on this show. I, yeah, but it's like a level of inappropriateness <laughs> that I don't well. uh, we won't even touch that. Um even we won't go there, folks. <laughs> uh, they turn the corner, and Buffy asks if Miss Calendar's okay, and um, Giles. Giles is like, "Yeah, she's being a little bit bitchy, to be honest with you." <laughs> um, and Giles basically indicates that she, that she's not. And Buffy says she's sorry, and. Giles says he doesn't think that Jenny will ever really forgive him, and maybe she should shouldn't. And Buffy says, you know, "But maybe you should." And Giles tells Buffy he never wanted her to see that side of him. And Buffy says, "You know, it's it was scary. You know, she's not used to, or she's used to Giles being a grown up, and then she finds out he's a person." And Giles says, well, most grown-ups are. And, uh... Are they, though? And, uh, Buffy's like, well, who would have thought? And he says, you know, some are even short-sighted, foolish people. And Buffy's like, well, you know, after all this time, we finally find out that we do have something in common. And She's like, which, it's a little weird, but it's also kind of okay. And she says, uh, I think we're supposed to be training right now. And he says, yeah, we need to concentrate on your flexibility. Don't. I'm not even, I'm, nope. Mm -mm. And uh, Buffy's like, well, I have the perfect music. And she holds up a CD and she's like, go on, say it. You know you want to. And he's like, "That it's not music. It's meaningless sounds. She asks if he feels better, and he says, yes, thanks. And they head into the next hall to go to the library, and Giles says, Bay City Rollers, and now that's music. 
And Buffy says, I didn't hear that. And we and fade to black. And he puts the ball gag on as they're going in the door of the library. No, he he you he puts it on, but you left out the crucial part where it's Buffy he puts it on. Oh whoa. Overhead from behind. And whoa. Anyway, okay, so um uh, That's the end of the episode. Yeah. What do you want to do now, James? Let's rate this. Okay, let's rate Jeremy. this bitch. Tell me how many stodgy taxidermists do you give this episode? I'm going to give this uh, three stodgy taxidermists. Um, I liked it better than last week's episode. Um, It it had some flaws, which most of them do. But uh, I don't know. It It was kind of a fun episode. It was different. It put, you know, someone... Uh, you know, it put the spotlight on Giles and and put someone he loved in, in, in harm's way. And it showed us, you know, kind of like the, the Halloween episode flirted with it. This episode showed us a lot more of this Ripper uh, side of him. And uh, so, yeah, I love, I love any time we can find out, you know, backstory on any of the other uh, characters in the show so uh, um, but yeah uh, I don't have a lot to say it was just it was a it was a pretty good episode and um, yeah I, I was I was pleased with it liked it like I said liked it better than last week's episode uh, so James how many mm-hmm. ball gags do you give this episode uh, I'm gonna give this episode three point five ball gags oh okay so so three full ball gags and then just like the ball part and of, then just the ball, ball without gag. the without the uh, without leather the, the strap, strap. Okay. yeah yeah um i i enjoyed this episode it was it was kind of a letdown for me after how much i enjoyed um halloween and then lie to me um but uh not not so much of a letdown to knock it down like a full point or more, hence the 3.5. Uh, it, it's a good episode. I, I of course, love um, always learning more about Giles's dark past. Because um, as we've talked about, he is, um, he's, he's my favorite character no. in the show. No, um, <laughs> uh, So I always enjoy uh, learning more about his his past, um, um, I like I I love it when Ethan Rain shows up, um, because for one that usually means we are going to find out more about Giles's past, um, but I think Ethan showing up does tend to lead to more of these intense Giles moments, um, yeah, so yeah, uh, I. I really like this episode overall. Is it is it uh, a put it on the list to show people and get them into the show episode? No, I don't necessarily think so. Um, but it's an episode that if I'm uh, again if I'm scrolling through the channels and uh, uh, I see that Buffy's on and I check out what episode it is, I'm I'm not going to be like eh, I don't want to watch that one. So 
so yeah, 3.5. I enjoyed it. I I love the uh, I really liked the interactions between Giles and and Buffy in this episode. I liked the development um and then subsequent fallback unfortunately of the Jenny Giles relationship. Um so yeah, 3.5 uh, ball gags for me. All right. Well, why don't we do a body count and some monsterology? Um, no monsterology really this week. Um, uh, as far as I can tell, um, Igon as a um, um, uh, Etruscan uh, entity doesn't exist. Made up. So so made up by the writers. Um, and the idea of someone's dark past coming back to haunt them, nothing new. Um, you know, every every major genre does it. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Uh, so nothing, uh, nothing uh, uh, new there. Our body count uh, this week would be three. Do you disagree? No, no, no. I'm just pretending oh, okay. like I'm deeply uh, in thought about that. Okay. Um, behind the scenes, uh, really didn't find anything. Uh, of note. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, a, a couple of little things, but nothing like yeah, really that interesting. Um, um uh, uh the episode did pull an audience of 3.7 million Man. households on its original airing. So we're up from up from last week's episode, but still in that 3. Point plus million. Basically uh, seven and a half area. million people watch. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Outstanding numbers. Um, Outstanding. For this kind of show. Um, uh, which I don't think, you know, it. it's always billed and labeled as like a teen supernatural dramedy, that kind of thing. I, I don't think it was just teens watching this show. No. Like to be honest, like, I was, by the time it came on, I was in my late, I was almost 20. Oh, by the and, time, by the time I got into the show, I was in my 20s. So, right. you so, know, I wasn't a teen. Right. Um, no bronze band this week. We weren't at the bronze at all. No, um, it was being, uh, it was being, it was being rented out, um, by uh, some uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, cosplayers. They were doing a midnight showing of RHPS. Yeah, you ever Ethan, go to one of Ethan, those? Ethan was actually there, and he was he was actually playing Janet. That's his uh, you preferred ever, character. You ever go? You ever go to one of those? No, I haven't. I've always thought it looked no. like fun. Yeah, um, I've been I've been to a couple. They were fun. Who who did you dress as? Uh, so. The first time I didn't, which was a huge mistake, uh-huh. uh, as, as anybody that's familiar knows. Um, and then the second time I did uh, as close approximation to Brad, like at the beginning of RHPS as I could, oh. so that I I wasn't uh, I wasn't ridiculed or pelted with uh, produce of any kind. Yeah. And also, I didn't have to like expose expose too much uh, flesh. Yeah, so you weren't just walking around in your BVDs. Right. Um, funny funny story regarding, um, kind of regarding Rocky Horror Picture Show and Janet. Uh, I used to work with a young lady whose name was Janet, 
And uh, we went out a couple times and uh, we went bowling one of those times. And um, uh, she she uh, scored a, a strike and I let out a damn it, Janet. And she looked at me completely bewildered. And she said, is that from something? Because people have said that to me almost my entire life. And I just don't get it. And then I had to explain Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is that when you decided to end the relationship? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. She's also the first girl I ever went on a roller coaster for. Um, and I absolutely hate roller coasters. Oh, man. I love those. Yeah. No, I hate roller coasters. And oh. mind you, I've jumped out of an airplane. Oh. I've been skydiving. Sky Loved it. I was going to ask you if you just jumped out for fun or if you were actually skydiving. <laughs> um, uh, loved that. Would do that again in a heartbeat. Hate roller coasters. Absolutely huh. hate roller coasters. Literally the only time that I've ever been on roller coasters is because a young lady has asked me to go on a roller coaster with her. Anyway, um, our music this week... Uh, just our original scores uh, by Christoph Beck. Uh, goof em ups and oopsies we already covered. And that's all I have for this week. All right. Well, James. Yes, sir. Tell them a little bit about how they can uh, get in touch with us. Well, you see, for anybody that might not know, there's a web page. And that web page is BuffyRevisited.com. And if you go that, to that webpage, you will find a link to our Facebook page, which is Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited podcast. Um, you will find a link to our Twitter, which is uh, uh, at Buffy Revisited, I believe. Either way, there's a link there. Yeah. Click the it's link. not hard to find. Um, and you'll find a link to our email address, BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. And you can click any of those links, and it'll take you to those respective pages, Facebook, Twitter, or our email. And you can get in touch with us. You can tell us your thoughts on the podcast in general. You can tell us your thoughts on this particular episode of the podcast, your thoughts on this particular episode of Buffy, your thoughts on the shows Buffy and Angel overall um, or anything else you'd like to discuss. And we will mention that uh, at the opening of the show. Um, and we'll discuss it or we'll mention what you had to say uh, or we'll answer your question um, on the show as well as responding um, in whatever uh whatever place you chose to reach out to us, whether it be uh, responding be via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Or carrier so, pigeon. Or carrier pigeon. Uh, but yeah, we would love to engage with uh, other fans of the show. So please reach out to us uh, in any way you deem fit to do so. Indeed. And I would like to say, on behalf of James and myself. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, we look forward to doing uh, next week's episode and seeing you all there, which will be Season 2, Episode 9, Part 1, 
What's my line? So this is, I believe, isn't this our going to be our first two-parter? Okay, not even close. No, no, it's not. But uh, uh, it's going to be a two-parter nonetheless, and we will be covering that next week. Uh, you know what? I think it might be our first two-parter in that it's actually... Uh, yeah, because I don't... Were you counting the first two episodes of the... Of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like welcome to the harvest or welcome to welcome the, to the harvest. the harvest. Hey, that's a good that's welcome a good Yeah. Um I kind of consider that a two-parter. It really was. But but it but it wasn't divided up as part 1, part 2. So Yeah, this will be our first that's officially divided up as a part 1, part 2. Yeah. So uh, to the best of my knowledge, I can go back and look at some point, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. <laughs>